Thanks for listening to the Life Church Weekly Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Borg. For any other messages or other resources, please visit us at lcboise.com. Brought your Bible, get that out. Got a Bible app, fire it up. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians, the second chapter. Well, we, we, we took a couple of months, if you remember, teaching a series called the Triumphant Church. And then, of course, last week we went a different direction with the, uh, with the election and, and speaking about some of those matters. Uh, but one of the things I noticed early on getting into that previous series was that if I cover everything just in the initial scriptures that we were uh, reading each week, um, we're going to be here at least the rest of the year <laughs> talking about that subject because there's so much there. And so what, what we did is I decided to, to cut some of it off and cut some of it out and, and bring it into a new series, all right? That starts today. All right, and so we want to get into some very important and powerful truths, and I know this that, and I hope hopefully you know this. Many of you do that. We have been given much through what Jesus did for us on the cross. I mean, when He gave up His life and He took a beating voluntarily, He bore our sin and shame. He hung on the cross. He, you know, He became sin for us. When He said it is finished, when He died when he descended into the belly of the earth he was raised from the dead on the third day when he was seated at the right hand of God uh, a lot was given to us in that <laughs> I mean no he wasn't just uh, doing that for his own benefit uh, he did that fully and completely for our benefit and there was so much there that was given to us won by the victory of Jesus that Christians are unaware of I mean, some are very shallow in their understanding. And if you're a new believer, I totally get that. You know, you, how are you going to learn everything all at once? Uh, but if you've been a believer for very long and you still are unaware of these things, we seriously need to do some work, okay? We need to, we need to get this, this issue taken care of because we need to be able to take advantage of what has been accomplished on our behalf. One of the questions I like to ask in regards to my life, others' lives, what's happening in the earth today, is this question. Uh, who's in charge? Uh, who's running things around here? And uh, I know people might think they know the answer. Some of you know the answer. Some of you know the wrong answer. So sometimes when I lead off with questions, it's good to be silent like you were there. Uh, but who's running things on the earth? Right at the same time, who's, who's, who's in charge of your life? Who, who's running your life? Many times there are things taught that are absolutely contradictory uh, in, in nature. I, I don't know if you've ever uh, observed this, but I've listened to different teaching at times, and I hear someone say something, and then a few minutes later they say the exact opposite, and no one says anything. I mean, no one notices. It's like... There's so many contradictions in what people present as Christianity or a relationship with God. And, and maybe, I don't know, individuals are afraid to ask. And uh, I'm not opposed to, a, opposed to questions. I mean, not in this context. But uh, 
to, for us to ask questions about what's happening and why it's happening, why it's not happening. And, and one of these things has to do with who's in charge. I know some individuals might quickly say, well, the Lord's in charge. Well, no, that's not true. Um, but hold on to your seat <laughs> as we get into this a little bit, little bit further. You know, I, I see contradictions sometimes when an individual says, uh, pray for my finances. And I say, well, do you give? Well, no. Um, that's a contradiction. That's a contradiction. You're saying, I'm trusting me, and, but pray for me. In other words, trust God for me. Uh, people have... have <laughs> People have said, I'm believing for healing, but it's not working. No, you're not, because that's a contradiction. As if you found a scripture that said faith doesn't work. <laughs> Your faith is producing whatever it is. It's presently working 100%. You get what you believe. And for us to just throw those things out there, I'm doing this, but I'm getting this. I'm doing what the Lord said, but I'm getting a different result. No, you're not. You all got real quiet on me like, I thought there was a mystery to everything, and we could never really know why. And Yeah, we can totally know why, and we ought to know why. How could we ever fix something if we don't know how things work? And if we make statements that I'm you know, saying this and doing this, but I'm getting the opposite result of what God said. No. Something's, something's awry there. And if we, when we own that, then we get answers. When we look it straight in the eye and say, there's something I'm not seeing here. There's something I'm not doing here. There, there's something's wrong. Then we can get answers instead of this, well, you just never know. You know, I guess God in his mysterious ways. That's not an answer. That leaves us in the dark. Much of what I teach in, in regards to many different subjects has the foundation of what I want to share with you in this new series, okay? When you don't understand this principle, uh, you won't understand a lot of what we teach because this is foundational, although it is unknown by many people. When I say many people, many believers live ignorant of these particular uh, truths from the Word of God. But we're going to look at them, we're going to analyze them and get into things and, and, and have some fun with it. Uh, but it, a lot of things just simply won't make sense until you get, un, get into this. Are you, are you ready for it today? All right, I'm, I call this new series Authorized. Authorized. All right, meaning some people are authorized to do certain things. And if they're not doing them, they will not get done. But you have been placed in charge of certain things in life. Hallelujah. Pre-Christ, you know this, B.C., we were all subject to the power of darkness. Subject. We took a place beneath the, the influences and the, the forces of darkness. In Ephesians chapter 2, notice with me over here in verse 1. Ephesians 2, 1, it reads, And you he made alive who were dead. What's that called? That's called being born again. And you, he made alive who were dead. Dead how? In trespasses and sins. When someone is in trespasses and sins, what are they? Dead. Not physically dead. Spiritually dead. Means you're separated from God. Verse 2, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, 
according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. So notice the language. He said, it used to be this way, but now it's different for you. He said, there is a spirit that works in the sons of disobedience. Who are, who are they? We could say, though, that would be uh, unbelievers, unregenerate, those who are not yet saved. They have not received the life of God. What's going on there? There is a spirit that works in them, all right? But for the believer, no, that's the one that used to work in you, but now no longer. Verse 3, among whom we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as the others. So he's saying to the believers now, you used to be a child of wrath, just like other people are. But now it's different. Obviously, why? You've been made alive. Okay, look, look at this verse, verse 2 again, one more time. Amplified Bible. Verse 2 from the Amplified Bible. It reads, In which at one time you walked habitually, you were following the course and fashion of this world, were under the sway of the tendency of this present age, following the prince of the power of the air. You were obedient to and under the control of the demon spirit that still constantly works in the sons of disobedience, uh, the careless, the rebellious, and the unbelieving who go against the purposes of God. So you can see there is this spirit, this demonic spirit, and some people are subject to that spirit. If you're saved, you used to be, but now you are no longer subject to that spirit. In other words, your position used to be under, but now it's over. All right. You used to be pushed around, but now you're in a superior place. You occupy a place of dominance, a place of authority, a place of victory over that spirit that wants to lead you in all kinds of funky ways in your life. Okay? And, and, and so, basically, we could say it this way. Uh, spiritually dead people are ruled. They are Influence. They're dominated. They're, they are pushed around in life. Uh, they're controlled. They, uh, the day you were born again, you were authorized to do certain things in the earth. Do you know what you were authorized to do? Because listen, when you got saved, you were put in charge. I don't know if, how many believers even recognize the fact that the Lord put them in charge. He made you the boss. He put you in a superior position over these, these spirits. You became God's authorized representative to carry out His will in the earth. You, you might recall from the book of Romans, it, it talks about it, how we were, we were once slaves to sin. I used to be a slave. What do you mean? Sin had dominance over me. When I got saved... I became the boss. I became the boss of it. I became a ruler over it. Why are people uh, run over in life by Satan? And, and side note, by, by the way, side note, let me explain this. If you're having problems in life, God is not your problem. 
if life is hard and things are tough and, and uh, you know, all kinds of things. The Lord is not your problem. Run to Him, not away from Him. He is your answer. Let's not forget, and sometimes Christians forget this in church. There is a devil Okay, he has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And if you have that kind of stuff going on in your life, the Lord is not causing it. It is not of him. It is the devil. But who does the devil run over in life? Number one, number one, those that belong to him. Or let me say it this way. Why are people run over? Because they belong to him. They would be in that category that we just read, the sons of disobedience. And if someone is a son of disobedience, they are controlled, influenced, affected by that prince of the power of the air. All right? Well, what would be their solution? How how do they get out of that predicament? Get saved. They need to be born again. They need to change their rank. Okay? Their subject, they need to be put in a different position. So the way you do that is you get saved. Uh, Here's another one, though. Why are people run over by by Satan? Is, Is because... Even though they've been made alive, they lack the knowledge of that. So they lack knowledge of their new place. Uh, you may be familiar with the book of Hosea, chapter 4 and verse 6. And that scripture reads this way My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Not my people are destroyed because I want them to be destroyed but they are destroyed contrary to the will of God. It's not his plan. It's not his way. It's not his desire, but they're still destroyed. Why? Because they don't know some things they need to know. Ignorance isn't always bliss, is it? Sometimes it'll cost you big time. And I'm telling you, it is costing many believers in our day. They're, they're, they're being hit with many things that they do not have to put up with. But their lack of knowledge keeps them from overcoming, keeps them from walking out in victory uh, over those, those issues. And so the enemy comes against people, and he succeeds because they don't know they can do anything about it. Now, wouldn't it be good news if you found out that you don't have to put up with some things in your life anymore? That's stuff you've, you've lived with for years. You've been tormented by for a long time. What if you found out that it was in your power to remove that from your life today. Wouldn't that be good news? Hallelujah. And number three, why are people run over by Satan in life? Is because they, they know, but they don't enforce their rights. Have you ever known what to do, but you didn't do it? Have you ever known that? I know this is the answer. I know I can, but you just don't. Well, there are many believers in that category as well. They know what belongs to them. They know what, the, what position they have in Christ, but they're just not exercising that, their, their rights. They're not enforcing them. How many know what we do not automatically benefit from all that God has provided? If there is a, a belief system going on in our minds, our hearts, that everything God wants to give us is just going to happen, it's just going to fall upon us, it's just going it, to without any participation on our part whatsoever, uh, we're wrong. This is not an automated system. What, what would happen if, if, if I got a hold of your bank account information and I went and I deposited in your checking account $100,000?
but you never open your bank statements, you never check the balance, you never look at it. Uh, what benefit are you going to get from that $100,000 deposit in your account? You're not going to get any benefit. In fact, you're going to live your life as if that doesn't even exist. I mean, let's say you're, you're pretty low on the financial rung, you don't have much to, to spend, you're going to stay in that condition. You're going to live like a poor person even though you're a rich person. You're going to live like you're barely making it from week to week, even though you've got ample supply of cash on hand. Likewise, it is with the benefits, the privileges, the rights we've been given through Christ. Is People, if they do not know what they are, they live as if they don't exist. They live subject to the prince of the power of the air, even though they're in a dominant position over him. Because uh, newsflash, that spirit, not going to tell you. <laughs> You're actually my boss. <laughs> no, you'll keep living in darkness and being influenced in a negative way until you know what the Lord has placed in your account. I'm telling you, the Lord has enriched us greatly. He has given us so much, and we must become aware of it. We must know what is happening. Now, uh, let me say some things that'll, that, that'll rattle a few brains. Um, some of you, if you've been around a long time, you've, you know this already. Uh, but if not, just in case, you might want to hold on. And don't go running out of here, because I'm going to kick over sacred cows. Uh, one of the most dangerous doctrines that exist in Christianity and churches today goes like this. God is in control. It gets taught. It gets said with boldness. It gets posted and forwarded and proclaimed without any hesitation. And people say it thinking it's a Bible verse. And it's not. God is in control. This is going to be a fun series. <laughs> this is a belief that everything that happens is either caused by God or it is allowed by Him for a strategic and intentional purpose to carry out His plan, meaning it's still His will. And everything that goes on is of God in some form or some fashion. All right? Uh, this belief... Um, basically removes the need for prayer. Now watch, let me, let me slow down. This is one of those contradictions I mentioned early, early on. Make a statement, but not realizing if you take that statement at face value, it contradicts so much of what we say. Okay, If you embrace that, it, this removes the need for prayer, for obedience. It removes the need of, of stewardship. It ignores a major Bible truth called authority. And if we don't see the contradiction, we'll go on through life opposing ourselves, 
saying one thing out of one side of our mouth and something else out of the other side of our mouth. And, and, and I get it when people don't understand, but uh, what happens on earth, what happens in your life is neither all God nor is it all you. Have you, have you discovered that your relationship with God and your receiving of his blessings and promises is a, is a combination of two people, that we work together with him? Do, do, do you know that? If it, if it were all God, how many know this would be heaven? If it's all God and no one else, everything is going to work. El perfecto mundo from here on out forever uh, because God has no problems, makes no mistakes, never does anything wrong. It would just all work out. It is a combo, yeah? Him, his directives, his promises, his provision, our response to that, our belief in him, our obedience to him, our following his plan. There is his side, there's our side. When we get that together and we stop pretending like it's all God, Whatever he wants is always going to happen. No, he's not going to twist our arms. He's not going to force us. He's, he's going to work with us. That's why this relationship is a challenge. Because we're in the mix. And sometimes we just do the wrong thing. Hallelujah. One of the statements that people uh, will frequently throw out there in regards to this goes right together with this. And you'll, people will post it and, and proclaim it as if it's a scripture. And they'll say, well, uh, you just need to let go and let God. Never heard that one. <laughs> just let go and let God. Wait a minute, stop, slow down. Is that what the Bible teaches? Take hands off. Back up. Don't do anything. Don't participate. Don't have any part in this. Let go, and then God will do everything. Is that really scriptural? Is that really what we're supposed to do? Turn, turn with me over to 1 Timothy chapter 6. Is it the Lord's instruction to us that we should just get out of the way? And if I am out of the way, everything's going to work out perfect the way it ought to. Or is there a different instruction? If you notice over here, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, the first word there says, it says, sit on the couch of faith. <laughs> oh, excuse me, I read that wrong. <laughs> it reads, fight the good fight of faith. Look at the next verse, next word lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession of the presence of many witnesses. What's the language? Fight, lay hold. Fight, lay hold. That doesn't sound like let go. That doesn't sound like don't do anything, let God do everything. It sounds to me like God wants us to be involved in a part of this equation. That there is his part and there is our part. There is his promise, his provision, his will, his directive, and there's my response to it. Huh? It's time for someone to recognize the time to pick up a sword. 
What is that? It's the sword of the Spirit called the Word of God. Hallelujah. Uh, the re- you know, the reason uh, we make Jesus our Lord is because He's not. You, you know what Lord means? Lord means that He's the boss. Lord means He's in charge. Why are we told to confess Jesus as Lord to be saved? Because prior to that point, He was not Lord. Not to you, not to me. I had to put him, I had to give him that position in my life. In other words, he wasn't just going to take it arbitrarily and say, hey, from now on I'm calling the shots in your life. He just didn't do it that way. He left that up to me and you. And when you voluntarily bowed your knee to make Jesus the Lord of your life, you're saying, I am going to do it your way. I am going to submit my will to your will but there's a cooperation going on again then. It's never forced. It's never uh, pushed on us. But it is the Lord gives instructions and we voluntarily submit. There's his part. There's our part. Huh? You know, two, uh, two prayers that God cannot answer. He cannot answer. Are you ready? Number one is asking him to do something he's already done. And a lot of times people fall into that trap. They're asking the Lord to do stuff, and He already did it. How do you answer that? Some say, well, the Lord just didn't say yes. No, He didn't say anything, because He already did it. And number two is asking Him to do something He told you to do. Wouldn't that be convenient? (laughs) I want you to do this. Lord, I'm asking you to do this. No, I'm asking you to do it. But no, I'm asking you to do it. Okay, he's got the final say on that. <laughs> and so I should, I should be aware of, I should know what he's done for me already. That clean up some of my prayers. And then secondly, I should know what he wants me to do. And that will clean up a whole bunch more. And if I can get those two things settled, now we're on our way. Now we're beginning to change things. Now we're, we're beginning to put ourselves in the proper place. God in His place as, as ruler, as Lord, as King, as God. Me in my place of having a relationship with Him, but he's, I'm yielded to Him. I've got to know those two places. But what so many do is they don't know their place. They don't know what He's already put over in this slot. They're always just saying... God, God, you do it, you do it, you do it, you fix it. And if anything happens, it has to, be, it has to have been God. Well, unless it was delegated to me. Then the Lord is saying, you go, you take care of it. Lord, help, you do it. Have you ever read in the Old Testament when Israel came up to the Red Sea? Delivered from Egypt on their way to the Promised Land, the Red Sea? And Moses said, Lord, help. Do you ever see what God said? Basically, why are you talking to me? He said, why don't you stretch out your rod and divide it? Oh. Isn't that the response a lot of us have? We're saying, Lord, fix this. And he's saying, why don't you do it? I didn't know I could. That's the problem we have to fix. There are things you and I can do that we don't know we can do. 
there are, there are abilities he has placed within us. He has left us in charge of certain things. And if we don't know it, we'll never do anything with it. We'll just sit back and say, why isn't God doing this? Why isn't he? What are you, th you thinking people can split Red Seas? Well, God apparently thought Moses could do it. And then when Moses did, it worked. He stretched out his rod, and he divided the Red Sea. Wow. Everybody okay? Yeah. Amen. I think a lot of people who say this kind of stuff don't really believe it. They question it. They, they pause. But when stuff happens in life that they don't really understand why it happened, things go south, and they don't know the reason why, I get it, you know. They, they answer with that stuff. But the heart really isn't satisfied with those answers. Well, you never know. Well, God's in control. Well, whatever will be, will be. And all. The heart is not satisfied. You know there's a better answer. And there are better answers. There are truths from the Word of God that we can discover. And a lot of these situations can be changed. Whereas they never were before. In order to get the most out of our salvation, our right standing with God, we need to, number one, know what belongs to us. And number two, we need to use this authority to control circumstances. If the Lord has placed it in my hand, I need to know what's there because I'm expected to use it. I'm expected to step up to the plate and grab that bat and hit the ball. Amen. And so we want to go on, but I, I want to I pose a couple questions to you, uh, and just to get you thinking about the possibilities of your life. Uh, what if your words were just as powerful as God's words? What, what if that were the case? What if, what if, if you outranked sickness and disease, and those things had to obey you. What if? What if, if you could control deadly storms, keeping them from personally harming you? Just a thought in case anyone you know, may have known any verses that go along with this. What if you could order demons around? Uh, no, 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 not God, you. What if when you spoke up, they had to obey you? What if you found out that you actually outranked demonic forces in the earth? What if you could send fear through the ranks of the kingdom of darkness with a single command? That when you spoke up, when you woke up in the morning, the whole kingdom of darkness said, junk. They're awake. Because why? You found out you had a sword. You found out that there are things that God had placed in your ability and your control and you could go to work and change things in life and in this world? I believe that it is to our detriment 
that too much attention is placed on God doing things for us as opposed to us doing things with what he has already given us. I'm not ready to go into the other ditch to say we're never asking, inquiring, asking the Lord for help for for different things. That's entirely biblical. But what many people have done is they are entirely in the ditch of that and they never recognize the Lord has already. He has given. He has commanded. He has instructed us to do. And so they live their lives asking the Lord to do stuff and they're never in this side of the equation where they have picked up their sword and they're about to wield it the sword of the spirit which is the word of God where they are going to speak they are going to move mountains they are going to deal with situations they are going to change circumstances and I'm telling you that is the balance I have a great fellowship and worship and prayer life with the Father And then I take what he gives me, what he's given me through Christ, what he gives me in that prayer time. I take it over here, and I go ahead and put it to work. And when I have those two two elements operational in my life, great things can happen. But we do need some Christians to pick up their sword. Yeah. Now, uh, amen. Is it possible that God is limited in what he can do? because we're not using what he has given us could we be slowing down the work of God thinking it's him it's him it's him when it's really us that's supposed to be operating have you ever played chess anybody ever played chess slow game Uh, in playing chess you might have uh, opponents that are taking a lot of time between moves. They're really studying, they're analyzing, they're four or five moves or something ahead. Uh, they're, they're trying to anticipate what the other person might do, and so there's a lot of thought given into each move. And uh, imagine you were playing chess with someone and they had moved and you had moved and they had moved and, and it was your turn and you were analyzing what, what should be and what might be and you're determining your next move and you were taking a while. You're really thinking about it. And, uh, and after a while, your, your opponent there got kind of bored and distracted and looked out the window and, and was looking away. And while, while, while he was doing that, you found your move and you moved. But your opponent didn't know you moved. And so they come back and they're waiting and waiting and waiting and wait. Finally, after an uncomfortable amount of time, they speak up and they say, are you ever going to go? Are you ever going to take your move? And what do you say? I moved like 10 minutes ago. It's your move. Could it be that our relationship with God is somewhat like that? We're waiting and waiting and waiting. God, are you ever going to do this? Are you ever going to move? Are you ever going to do something? And if we were to inquire, he would say, I already went. I already moved. It's your move now. And we've been thinking we've been waiting on God. And he's been waiting on us. Man, I need to know what's in my control. I need to learn what's in my power. What I have the ability to, to, to do and to influence. And uh, amen. I know that the devil wants to keep this information away from you and me. 
He wants to hide these truths because, listen, the day a Christian finds out Satan's rule in their life is over. I mean, it is a new day when we find out what we can do and what we can accomplish in his name. You know that salvation already belongs to every person on the planet. You know that Jesus paid the price for everyone's sin already. Say, why are so many people without it? Why are so many people outside of it? They just don't know. That's what makes our message good news. We don't have to pound on people. <laughs> our message is this. Here's the deal, man. Your sins have already been paid for. Salvation's already been, been given to you. You can have a relationship with God. It's already settled. It's already done. God's already given it to you. Just make Jesus the Lord of your life. When you say it, when you do it, what happens? Just like that, you take advantage of what's been there the whole time. I want us to start taking a full advantage of what the Lord has given, what he's provided us, what he has authorized us to do in the earth. When we see it, we know it, we pick up our sword. I tell you, everything changes. Everything changes. Amen. All right, that's the introduction. We hope you enjoyed this message. Find our other messages on iTunes or visit our website at lcboise.com and follow us on social media, Life Church Boise. Thank you and have a blessed day.